Hello, my name is Tony McCauley. I'm a writer, leadership consultant and peace builder from Northern Ireland. My background is in peace building in my country since the 1970s. And over the past 30 years, learning and sharing with practitioners from other post-conflict countries around the world. I'm delighted to be collaborating with Professor Samuel Olorontoba and the African School of Governance and Policy in this innovative podcast series on rethinking developmental governance in Africa. The focus of this podcast is to discuss the value of fresh thinking on managing conflict in the context of developmental governance in Africa. One of the many lessons I learned from decades of peace building in Northern Ireland during the civil conflict between 1969 and 1998 was to be wary of people from other countries offering simplistic solutions to the conflict within a context and culture they did not fully understand. What I learned from the experience of solutions being suggested from North America and other parts of Europe is that standard solutions parachuted in from other countries do not work. So at the very outset of this podcast, I want to be clear that as a European discussing conflict in Africa, I do not wish to make this fundamental error. I'm also very aware of the history of colonialism in Africa, and I certainly do not wish to present a European approach to conflict resolution as the best approach in an African context. That would be recolonization through the process of conflict resolution, when in fact what we need to do is to decolonize conflict resolution theory and practice. Instead, I'm interested in the continued emergence and development of distinctive approaches to conflict transformation from the continent of Africa. However, although I believe we must be careful, I do think we can learn a great deal from the conflict resolution processes and practices developed in various post-conflict and divided societies around the world. For example, in Northern Ireland, we have tried to learn from elements of the peace and reconciliation processes in other countries, such as South Africa and El Salvador. 25 years after the end of the conflict, Northern Ireland's political leaders have not yet agreed a way of dealing with the past. One of the options is a truth recovery process based on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa whereby witnesses would get immunity from prosecution in an attempt to deal with the legacy of the conflict. I also believe that in Northern Ireland, we have much still to learn about forgiveness and reconciliation from the community-based unity and reconciliation processes in Rwanda. I have personally witnessed remarkable storytelling workshops in the villages of Rwanda where survivors and perpetrators of the 1994 genocide share their stories, including their shared story of confession, forgiveness and reconciliation. Transnational learning can be valuable in conflict resolution and I've had some positive experiences of sharing some of the peace and reconciliation processes developed in Northern Ireland in various other 
post-conflict societies, such as the Balkan states, where our ideas were presented with humility and then analysed, critiqued, adapted and contextualised for a different social political context. Listening to the previous podcasts in this series has been educational regarding some of the challenges facing developmental governments in African countries. Professor Samuel's thoughts on social capital, trust, respect and collaboration are very relevant to the challenge of finding better ways to manage conflict. In 2020, It has been interesting to observe how a generation of young people is responding to division, inequality and injustice. A recent study by the business consultants McKinsey found that Generation Z, those born after 1996, is unique in its search for truth. They value individual expression and avoid labels. They're a generation with no memory of a pre-digital world and they mobilise themselves for a variety of causes. And most interesting for this discussion, they believe in dialogue rather than violence as the way to solve conflicts and improve the world. This year, we have seen evidence of this in both the Black Lives Matter protests in the USA and the NSARS protests in Nigeria. It appears that this new generation is not going to tolerate police brutality and violence and will challenge the leaders in their country until there is change. As the most youthful continent in the world, it appears that in Africa, fresh thinking on managing conflict will be a critical part of developmental governance in the 21st century. Key areas will be managing peaceful transitions of power, moving beyond tribalism and enhancing human rights-based approaches to governance, including policing. All of this will require the development of a new kind of leadership with the values, skills and commitment that will prevent the escalation of community and international conflict and apply creative and non-violent approaches to entrenched divisions and historical tensions at both the political and community levels. This kind of leadership must be underpinned with values of service, human rights, respect and humility and must practice collaboration, creativity and innovation. So I'm interested in these questions. What are the indigenous approaches to conflict resolution in African countries that existed prior to colonialism? What unique aspects of African culture and values can be drawn upon to create innovative conflict transformation in the 21st century? How can the distinctive traditions, culture and history of African countries complement and enhance conflict resolution theory and practice from Europe, North America, Asia and Latin America? What is the place of the theory and practice of non-violence in leadership development? What can other countries learn from successful conflict resolution approaches in Africa? At this stage of human history, the world has yet to achieve widespread political leadership 
that does not depend on the use of violence as a way of solving conflict. The human, social, economic and environmental cost of this failure to manage conflict constructively is enormous. It is time for fresh thinking on managing conflict in governance across the globe. Perhaps it's the continent of Africa that will lead the way.